Good day, fellow Gunners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm this morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on the Seagulls. Um, it was always going to be a tough affair. Brighton, you know, I think only losing one game against Everton. But other than that, you know, they showed a different character to what they've normally showed over the seasons in the Premier League. Yeah, and I mean, look, going to the game, hefty weather already hit the south coast of England. Uh, you know, it was like swirling winds, slashing down rain. And I mean, to be honest, I was worried because a person's mind is already thinking of, you know, when you can't really take a ball on a first touch, really, like, you know, that, that uh, balls that skid across the ground. Part of me was thinking, OK, you can use it to your advantage, you know, when you're having pot shots at, at your opponent's goal. But I mean, I was also thinking, you never know with, with sometimes our luck, you know, a ball gets taken, like, you know, like a 30 or whatever yarder gets a shot gets taken and it just flicks off somebody and, you know, ends up flying to the back of the net. And as you said, you know, Brighton flying high in the first few games of the season already. Graham Potter's really, you know, working his magic there, uh, you know, making them quite a tough team to play against. And I mean, I think it even surprised me, I don't know how you feel or our listeners, um, the way they, they control of a game, like with passing, and I'm, and I'm not talking now just like as we're going to lead up to the game now, but also when you watch them play against, um, I don't know what was, it was Liverpool for you, like last season also, and you know we, we people would think this is now you know like a guaranteed three points, and as you said, they are making it really tough for uh, you know you, you as as an opponent, they have to work hard to to crack their lines. Yeah, I know Brighton have. I mean, they beat Leicester City at their home ground. I mean, Leicester, you know, like you said, probably would have you know walked that game a season yeah. or so ago. But I think Brighton, like you said, very tough team to beat. The, the the weather was against us and you kind of really were nervous in the game. Not that saying, like, oh, you're scared you're going to get a whooping, but I mean, yeah. you know, Brighton are there for the taking. And I mean, when, I was actually shocked when I saw the the height uh, of that whole back line of these. I mean, you've got a, a left back that Dan Burns, or Dan, yeah, it was like six foot three. And I mean, when last time we heard of a left back that, that, that's um, that tall, and then you've got also uh, Dunk, and and um, Duffy, and then you've got also I mean this Cucurella from he's like a Barca B player that I mean he's always, always just done loans the last three to four years, but I mean he's almost like a revelation in the Premier League. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know, heading into the game, I think you know he was probably the brightest spark, as you would say, yeah. brighter, no pun intended. Yeah, and I mean like the game starts Arsenal. I think immediately I was also a bit surprised. We quick on the front foot. Saka ends up bursting down the right flank. Um, as a pop at the keeper, but I mean, it's a more comfortable shot. Then, I mean, almost like it kind of falls along for us. Then, 16 minutes, a scare for us. Um, Moda ends up floating a freak into the box. And another one that was almost like, uh, you know, thorn under our skin was Trossard because he ends up just dragging the ball wide. But I oh, mean, yeah. in the podcast, he, he had a big say in, in, you know, throughout the game as a main, almost like a lead character in the game. No, it definitely wasn't. Brighton were no pushovers. I think, you know, Arsenal also was struggling to find a foothold in the game. And, mm. you know, you, it's weird to say this, but I think, you know, in a game like this, you almost kind of, not needed, but as Xhaka would have added yeah. a good presence <laughs> as well. You know, I can't believe we're saying that, but just, just kind of that, that, that person that could also eat that kind of long ball. But that being said, you know, Arsenal, as much as they were getting, and they, they, they were also you know, at times, pushing up, trying to make things happen, like Bakayo Saka, I think, and Smith-Rowe, but more Bakayo Saka, for me, in that first half, was, was causing a lot of problems. 
Yeah, in the 21st minute, Mopai ends up firing a cross shot. Duffy ends up colliding with uh, Ramsdale, and of course, the ball ends up spilling loose. Duncan, all I think, just about has to do a tap in, and I think he ends up slipping and then shooting way over the bar. I mean, another warning for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, that was that was so um, uh, lucky for us. I mean, uh, we we could have seen ourselves behind and in this weather. You know, it's not it's not the type of conditions you want to be falling behind in a game. Then I mean, look, there's almost like a period of about seven minutes where. Uh, Saka ends up whooping across in, like I think I said, a few minutes after the chance that I just mentioned of Dunk blazing over. Uh, and then the bombing ends up, you know, rising high, finally above the, the Brighton defence, ends up glancing a header against the post. Then, I mean, the ball again goes back our end again. Trasad is again a shot at goal, but I mean, Arsenal just throw, I mean, you just see a whole bunch of yellow shirts in front as like making a yellow wall as he tries to shoot and the ball deflects over. Then again, um, it's like, you know, straight, because uh, like, I think we went even straight from our goal kicks already, the ball was coming straight back at us because 27th minute Trossard again come, becomes the playmaker because they start creating a chance for Maupai who ends up blazing over the, the crossbar. Then uh, again, the ball, again from our goal kick, Ramsdale, again, you know, uh, the ball gets uh, intercepted. Trossard again comes again in with a, a goal bound header, and I mean, the same Ben White ends up blocking and heading over. It is all hands on deck, you know. I think, <laughs> yes. I don't mean to sound like you know, like a like a broken record, or I'll probably be saying this a lot yeah. in this episode. But like, um, I'm sure previous seasons or even the start of the season, you know, we we could have been two 0 down already. Yeah, because I mean, look, the way I figured, like you know, like uh, look, I mean, I still have other points to go through, but. I've also summarized part of that first half, and then as, as we're going to go go uh, go into the se- uh, second half of the game, it's almost like we were letting them to a degree, you know, dominate with the ball. But I mean, yeah. there was a pass where I was thinking to myself, you know, okay, right now, because look, I always tell you, I mean, when we have our private chats, um, you know, you you almost like weather the storm for twenty minutes, and then of of course that team can't, you know constantly keep that sort of tempo going. But I mean, we yeah. ended up already to the 40th minute and they're still coming at us and we're still almost like trying to play almost like within ourselves. But I mean, we are, I had to give, I mean, Arteta and the lads at the back props. We were making it almost like so where when they were getting a chance, they were almost like either off balance or somebody was closing in very fast on them. So they almost like had to end up, you know, either rushing their shot or choking their shot. So I think that is also where we were had some sort of, of control. I mean, look, it was still nerve-wracking, especially now that first half where you, you just wonder where, it, um, you know, our attack game was going because we certainly weren't, because, I mean, our, our attacks was very um, sporadic. But, I mean, with them, it was like it was like every two minutes or something like that, you see them again coming at us. And, I mean, I was, where I was getting really worried for the team as a whole where you could see Thomas Party was on to struggle. Aubameyang was not holding the ball up at all up front, yeah. so I mean, it's extra work and whatever. So, I mean, for me, the the, the, the like players that really had, I mean, like uh, Tommy Yasuo also had a real off game because he just could not deal with Kukurella. I mean, that guy was beating inside, yes. outside, and yes, then yes, yes, yes. all over. And I mean, that being said, I'm also glad he experienced a, a thing like this way. It's also not tough enough, not only to the weather conditions now in England, like where it, it gets this crazy sometimes, but also the sort of 
coming up against opponent where look, he was not tested really against Tottenham. So he was almost like dominating the game. But now finally to see the tables turned, he has to almost like, you know, run towards his own goal more. So I think it was a real, real good test for him. I mean, the, as I said, now the pe- people I was also disappointed in was Thomas Party. I was really expecting a sort of um, physical shift of him because it's almost like he was uh, leaving things up to Lokonga all the time yes. to sort of clean up the mess that, that he's now not running. And, and, and I mean, I think that also sometimes shocks me about him. I mean, you, you, he has almost like the sort of uh, persona where, you know, like a mythos type of thing where you think this guy is like so, you know, he can do everything. But I mean, if, if push comes to shove, sometimes he does look like he's on the ropes. I mean, uh, yeah, especially in games like this when, when yeah. Arsenal's getting dominated, man. Like, I think when, when Arsenal seems to be on the upper hand, he does very well. Make no mistake about it. But it's yeah. almost like when Arsenal, in, in that, you know, times of all hands on deck kind of thing, he, he battles a bit. And I think, you know, maybe he needs somebody that's more assured next to him, but more like, more defensive midfielder type because I know he's more of a box to box, so you know. But like you said, the Kongi was doing very, very well for me. You know, he was kind of stepping up, especially in this type of environment. You know, it wasn't the, the easiest type of game to play, but I mean, it also annoys me. And I mean, like, it really gets under my skin when you see, like, I mean, I, when I look at the bombing, I'm not saying yes, have shots left, right, and but I mean, it work hard for your team because. At times, like he just does not put in the sort of shift that we're looking for as a skipper of the team, and that because you you end up getting like, like people like Smith Rowe having to run at an army yards, you know, to, to try to cover at the back or whatever. Or because I mean, for, for me, I think it would work way easier if we not only attack as a team but we also defend as a unit as well. Because you get, I mean, look at how many times you know this also leads me into the into the second half where. Um, you know, it was like one-way traffic, so you also need to you need to almost like stop the bleeding in a way, if I can put it like that. Because I mean, at the end, you had almost like sucker, easy, defensive-minded. You know, that, that that skill that he has almost like came well to the fore because he was actually helping double up at times to almost like stop that that, that you know where they were outnumbering us on on either flank. But every time you would see him doubling up with either to, either Tomiyasu or uh, Kieran Tierney, and I mean for me. Somebody, I mean, I don't know how you see it, but for me, somebody that I, I, I don't understand, like performance-wise, Tierney looks like he's, I don't know, there's something just not right with him. I don't, as I think we mentioned it last week in the podcast where we're talking about maybe he needs almost like also some time off or something. Uh, I think, yeah, I think maybe, you know, he needed competition, just maybe that, like you said, time off. I mean, he's a player that, you know, players remind me of a, like a Scott Parker, you know, that crash. Yeah. That test crash, that test crash, that vision, just you know, battering into anything. And I think, you know, the the type of effort he puts in week in, week out. I think, you know, he also played for for Scotland as well. And it's, I, I think maybe he just needs a, you know, just that's just the time on the bench get my two wonders for players. I mean, I did see there was a moment where Odegaard, I think, also lost his shit a bit with some of the players when. They were, you know, losing the 50-50 battles and some of them would just sit on the ground instead of... Because I think, I don't know if it was Saka where you said, like, just get up, like, you know, get on your feet to, like, help and that. Because, I mean, I think people like Saka was also, like, you know, played into the ground. But I just think to myself, Arteta still lacks that in a way because for me, we played almost like within ourselves, you know, the second half, half because you could see to a degree Brighton were tiring. But we also didn't do anything much to, 
you know, to be a bit more adventurous. I'm not saying, you know, lose your discipline or, or the way you now organize the game, but I mean, at least have three or four doing some sort of raids forward now and then. I mean, you don't have to attack every minute. I mean, we know it's a, an away game. We know the conditions are difficult. But I mean, you know, go with a real sort of oomph when you're driving with the team forward because it seems like everything fizzled out the minute the ball came to to a bombing. And I mean, for, for Arteta, I mean, in that time, he, he brought Pepe on for Odegaard, 63rd minute, 72nd minute, end up, end up being like a Z and on for Obama. And I mean, for me, that sub should have been made the same time as Pepe then. Because the minute they came on, or like even when Lacazette came on in the second minute, you could see at least something look a bit more lively up front because Lacazette like, physically could hold his own up against Duncan Duffy. And I mean, Pepe was trying to, you know, get the sort of pockets from the left side and making them a Cucurella defend more, which we were, you know, something was needed to be done on that flank as well. Yeah, 100%, because I think Cucurella was the type of guy that, you know, if Arsenal are going to lose this game, you know, it's, some, it's going to be some moment of brilliance from him, you know. He's probably going to nip it through a player's legs before whipping in across that the, the, that mobile gets on the edge of or something like that, because I think he meant, like you said, Trossard were the two players as well, was, you know, giving me grey is the way they were getting through our team so easily. And I mean, there were times when... Okay, we dealt with the corners that, that Brighton were doing, but every time the ball, ball ended up spilling out of the box, Lukanga and and Lukanga and, and, and Party weren't closing down quick enough. And every time they were getting these, like, you know, those chances where they were like 25 or 20 yards out and letting fly from outside the box. I mean, of course, it went with most of the shots, you know, just zipping by the goal every time. Yeah, no, we... Like I said, we can, we can counter lucky stars at, at, at like sometimes just the way they were coming at us. But it's just like, you know, all, all hands on deck with this side, which, which you know, you have to ad, admire of this team because, you know, you, you would expect that you would want us to obviously, you know, dominate Brighton, like you said. But what I think we also lacked was that kind of a plan B, you know, like a, the, the plan A worked against Tottenham, kind of play, like, you know, Burnley, it was a moment of brilliance by Odegaard. Knowledge, you know, we weren't thinking of chances, but you know, things went according to plan. But I think against uh, 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 Brighton, you know, you have to make your set pieces count, or you have to yeah, kind exactly. of, you know, have that plan B where you have a good type of not saying we must get Juru, but the Juru like striker that you know you can then start pinging balls to the box because playing on the ground, you know, in these conditions was not the easiest of things. It wasn't gonna, well, I mean, I think I'm sure Man City would have struggled in these conditions, even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then 76 minute, Emil Smith Rowe fires straight at the keeper, you know, one of the few raids going forward at, at um, Roger Sanchez of, of um, in the in goal for for, um, uh, for Brighton. But I mean, that's my biggest gripe with, with his shooting at times also. I mean, we mentioned it numerous times. He gets in fantastic goal scoring positions, but it not like when he, when he has that sort of snapshot uh, chances at goal, he ends up beating it. It like he wants to lead it through, blast it through the keeper. And I'm thinking, Dude, you can just either place it left or right of the keyboard, yes, yes. one of your top corners. But I mean, he's he's doing it a lot. And I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, I want him to score and get a hat full of goals for the season. But I mean, I'm thinking, you're not going to get goals like that. I mean, even that, that that one game that was petering out also the other day that with, with a Burnley game, where he ends up getting a fantastic position. He, you know, breaks the defensive line of Burnley, but he just shoots like that the keeper. Yeah, I know it, it can be a bit frustrating at times, but you know, I, I think in a game like this, like I said, you you, you look at it 
in terms of, of of the grit and determination because you know like I I I, I thought you know make like um as the game was wearing on that Arsenal would kind of get the foothold into it but it just seemed like Brighton were going from strength to strength and I'm asking myself when is when these guys going to tire out because they were pressing us closing us knocking into us it was it was a real performance where you look at it and sometimes you know you you have to just take your hat off to the players for just keep on it's a game where you had to get stuck in I think if you 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 had to see you you you, had, you saw some passion and pride in the players, unlike that game against Brentford, where you kind of Arsenal probably came in there with arrogance and and really got taken to task. Yeah, then 87 minute big moment of the game, um, Ramsdale ends up making the superb save from uh, palming away a, a solid march cross. With I mean Mopai, you know, ready to pull the trigger, and I mean for me, big big save by Ramsdale, and I mean it. it, it Close to also to say with with this whole thing with with um, that solid march also. Yes, somebody you know when when he comes on. I don't know if you you know sometimes you have your players that, from different clubs that your stomach like turns when you see him on. Like, yeah. Player come on. And for me, when I think of what he did that time at the Emirates, also the solid march. I mean, he came on as a sub in this game, but I mean he, he's always like he gets himself in that position where he's either gonna do a sort of. Uh, sort of uh, an assist that leads to a goal, or he's going to score himself because he always knows, you know, where to position himself. And I mean, for, for me, when he got that cross in, I mean, I was my eyes was, was like kind of panning towards the net because I mean, you could see Mopai already, you know, getting in position to pull the trigger, and then you see Ramsel coming with a fantastic save. I mean, yeah, it was like a very iffy afternoon, like especially with distribution, but yeah, I mean, weather was, you know, also the, the thing that, that kept him like that back. But I mean, a fantastic save. And I mean, as I told you, I really threw back memories about that 1990-91 season where David Seaman had to, in a, in a game, in conditions very like what you saw there that, that uh, Saturday, where, you know, almost like you already all answered the pump for most of the game. Did you think, okay, you're going to get or sneak away with a draw here? And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a shot like that comes in, which the keeper then has to almost like claw away. Yeah, it is an excellent, excellent save. And, you know, like you see, uh, the money that you, you spend for Ramsdale, which I was, you know, I put my hand up, I was quite shocked and disappointed, you know, because I was all about Leno, all about Leno, all about Leno. But Ramsdale is really, you know, start, like for, for me personally, you know, like I don't want anything to go wrong for him because yeah. he's, he's kept in my heart at the moment, you know. I, I'm safe to say it, you know, he almost had that, that one blunder. I panicked. I don't even remember was the first half or second half where he like spilled the ball and they but he got a free kick for it. Yeah, well but it's a, a, yes. a long team of the hit as well. Yeah, so so like but he, he just has that like he's he's grateful to play for Arsenal Football Club and he's not taking it as a as a right, he's taking it as a privilege and and you can see his emotion and everything he's putting so you know he he's, he's been brilliant. He hasn't put the foot wrong. I know it's early days still but you know I'm becoming a real good fan of him. And I mean, uh, uh, listening to Ask Blog the other day on the airport uh, podcast, something that I found, which was actually also quite key to to also Ramsdale as a, as, you know, as his uh, goalkeeping persona that we know now at Arsenal, is like you also have to prepare, you know, he's already now got that sort of growing fan base in it, but it's also going to be interesting to see how his character is going to be, you know, when he does make a, a sort of error or, you know, error in judgment. Because look, all even the best of the best in, in I mean, just speaking of best of the or the best of the best keepers, just last night watching a bit of the the Italy Spain game, where so the, the Donnarumma ends up making also a blunder that 
leads to a goal for Spain. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, you also have to prepare yourself for that sort of thing also. And also, also going to show, you know, his character. But I, I just think the game against Brighton, those conditions, I mean, you need to nail on the head, but you said, you know, a season ago, that's the sort of game we, we almost like licking our wounds and going with a 0-2 or 0-3 defeat. 100% it's easily 2-3-0 and, and probably in the first half already and you're like, yeah. there they, they, they was just like that that um, satisfaction after the game. You know, I, I was, I was you know, I, I wanted the win. Obviously, I wanted the win. But at, at, the, at the end of it all, you know, you were like hoping, okay, I'll take a draw actually. You know, you, you were looking at it and saying to yourself, I'll actually take a draw because you know that, you know, Brighton, I'm not saying they, they might, they obviously might taper off at some point, but yeah. at this point in time, it's going to the Amex Arena is not going to be a walk in the park for whoever goes there, especially on conditions like that. I mean, they have that um, elegant passing, like, you know, they're attacking football, but they also have that type of grit that they're going to knock you and kick you as well if, if the opportunity comes. So, you know, there's like beauty and the beast almost with them watching them play. And I mean, you look at somebody like Maupai, he's quite efficient, but I mean, he's also... He has a devil streak in him where he's like, you know, he gets either under defender's skin or, you know, puts his foot in on a, on a player after they play the ball. No, 100%, I, I agree with you there. So, you know, at the end of it all, you know, it wasn't the prettiest of games, you know, yeah. not the most exciting of games as an Arsenal fan, you know, coming off of that Spurs game, you obviously had that adrenaline and pumping, you know, are we going to do it again? But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, one point... I think one point gain rather than two points lost because I can't, you know, really complain about that. Yeah, I mean, the game petered out, and I mean, for me, I was just happy to, you know, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but it felt almost like your body felt so tense, so that <laughs> like anything could go wrong. It almost like felt like you did like a workout or something, you know, that 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 where you work hard for about twenty minutes and you just feel your muscles all tense yeah. and aching, and that is what my, I felt with. When you look at the sort of onslaught that as they were doing it, our goal. But that being said, yeah, go away from the game with one point, and now we're just gonna, you know, move to the talking point section of the podcast. Um, yesterday, Arsenal played a behind closed doors friendly against uh, Queens Park Rangers. Um, of course, Arsenal are keeping this. I don't know why, but they're keeping this game totally hush hush. Nobody knows who scored, but. Um, <laughs> It, it, uh, the team consisted of almost like everybody that did not go on international duty. So it was quite a strong team that played against Palace. Okay, I, I didn't even know about that. So thanks, uh, thanks for informing of that. But yeah, let's let's hope you know this is actually a good idea to keep us fresh and fit. You know, yeah. it just shows the, the the difference of not having that European exhaustion. <laughs> you know, it's being now five. I mean, you saw. You know, kind of City, when they dropped points against Southampton, I think they had the Champions League affair against Leipzig. And then you also saw the likes of, uh, you know, United against Everton, you know, dropping points. And, okay, Liverpool and City also dropped points. It's like, you know, Arsenal picked up a point where most of the other guys were also dropping points. I'm not saying, like, we title contenders or, you know, top four favourites, but there is um, a room for improvement there. But my biggest worry, and I know we have, yeah, Maitland Niles and Party and and and, and Lukonge. But my biggest issue is that, you know, what happens if Party gets injured or one of them gets injured? You know, we we don't have another top class, 
defend the middle or up, like, you know, a, a real guy, like a party's replacement, you know, who's going to dominate the game or even if party's off color. So that's just one of my issues that, uh, and thoughts that, you know, I wonder what the plan is going to be going forward because do they believe that the three current sentiments are good enough or, or are they going to be some, some reinforcements? Yeah, but I mean, look, for now, look, while we're the window and that was still closed and that, I think now they do use these games to experiment as well because I think they will probably use, you know, in a scenario like this where you can not take those chances or risks where you can bring somebody like um, Callum Chambers in as a holding midfielder. You can true, try true. You can try Tomiyasu now at, at centre-back. These are the sort of game. I mean, I'm not sure if he now went to the international with, with Japan, but I mean, I know Ben White is, uh, at, uh, is staying back uh, no, no, not the Rams. I think he's actually chosen with the England squad. Um, but I mean, the rest work because I heard in Saka had a small part because I mean, look, he was injured. It looked like it was really serious, but I mean, he came through that. But I mean, every like almost all the players are not getting some sort of action to keep themselves in foot. So I mean, I find it very important. And then some other uh, news also in the rumor mill was, I think by next season. You've got the Bamiyang that's, I think, 32 going on 33. Then you've got also Lacazette with the old contractual dispute. Not really, because, I mean, it's not really a big drama. It's just Arsenal have to also make a decision soon. And, you know, the two strikers that now are, is now known as like Calvert Lewin and Ollie Watkins. Yeah. I would be happy with those two, actually. You know, uh, I mean, even if we get both to be the replacements, I mean, they have that flair base yeah. and also that English steel. So, you know, you're bringing some excitement definitely with those, those two things you've mentioned. And I mean, especially something like you watch Ollie Watkins in that, that, that game against United, and that he's somebody that wants to always be involved. I mean, you can see yeah. it's somebody that, that now came through the ranks, through the different leagues in England. So, I mean, he knows what, it, you know, you, you know you, you're taking on a, a hard worker. It's going to now really, you know, do a job in the team. And, and somebody like Calvert Lewin, the way he's developed at Everton, I mean, I find it's fantastic. I also think he's he's almost like his aerial prowess is something I like, something we lack. And I mean, you know, he's strong on either foot. And I think again, something that ticks the boxes for us, like you know, that we want in of like a forward. No, hundred percent. I think you know, it's, it's almost like that buying within the Premier League. I mean, those yeah. two guys can only make your team stronger. And you know, it's, it's they're, they're difficult players to play against. I mean, and you I mean, know, yeah. I also don't think we need to do, you know go on that sort of. Big of a spending spree. I think if you invest well in say two forwards, and you use almost like most of your your transfer budget for that, you've got. Because look, uh, this leads me to the the next point where Arsenal are also quite happy with what they're seeing now and 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 the feedback they're getting from Marseille about William Saliba, and that looks like he, you know the chances actually do look good now that he will be in our pending for our plans for next season. No, that's brilliant. I think the team is coming up slowly but surely, and I think. You know, like you said, invest in a proper forward. I think our back line, you know, with the Saliba is sorted. I think there's just that one more, maybe some boss in the midfield missing. Yeah. Like, you know, with a, like a, like a Basuma almost type yeah. of guy. The Kore even. And then, you know, you have you have Odegaard and smith as your Kyle and Finesse players. And Pepe, Saka, you know, they are, I mean, just, they just need to work on the end products a bit. And then, like you said, Ollie Watkins. And a Calvert Lewin, you know, two guys that can spear the attack and they can play out, like out wide if they need to. Yeah. 
Simon, do you have any other talking points? No, that's. I, I think that we've, we've. I think we I'm good. To just now, the only talking point I have is the international break. It's such a pity that it's happening now, but I think it's a good time to regroup. I think it's a good time to kick our feet up, and you know, like a batsman on his way to 100, we we embark on our next. You know, I think it's five fixtures, but four league fixtures, one cup fixture, and yeah, hopefully we can take it from there. Yeah. So guys, enjoy the weekend. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Enjoy it, guys.